Good day, and welcome back to Latin 3 from the Church of St. Agnes. In today's recording, we will go over our homework exercises from Unit 24, beginning on page 209 and following. So let's turn right to them, the exercises, the sentences. We did the odd-numbered sentences this week. Number one, Beati mites quoniam ipsi possidebunt teram. Uh, you will recognize this probably as one of the Beatitudes. Beati is the word here for blessed. Notice there is no verb, but we understand the verb to be. Beati mites, blessed are the meek. Quoniam, since or for, they themselves will possess the earth. Notice the important thing here, ipsi, the intensive uh, pronoun or adjective that we learned this last unit, ipse, ipsa, ipsum, here modifying the understood subject in posidebunt, they, they themselves, those very ones, emphasizing them, they will possess the earth. Okay, number three. Ut autem sciatis quia potestatem habet filius hominus in terra dimitendi peccata. Tibidico surge tole grabatum tuum et vade in domum tuum. It's from the Gospel of Mark. Um, and uh, we have a couple interesting points of grammar here. Ut, we have an ut clause, in order that you might know that filius hominis, the Son of Man, habet potestatem, has power. Now, what do we have? Well, in terra, on, on earth. But then we have dimitendi peccata. I hope you recognize dimitendi as either a gerund or a gerundive. And which is it? Well, let's take a look. Dimitendi peccata. So, in order that you might know that the Son of Man has the power dimitendi peccata. Even though potestatem is separated by several words, dimitendi is a genitive, must be dependent on potestatem. The Son of Man has the power of dimitendi peccata, of forgiving or dismissing sins. Notice, peccata is the object of what it turns out to be a gerund. Remember, a gerund is a verbal noun. There are only four cases of a gerund. There are the neuter, singular, oblique cases, genitive, dative, accusative, and ablative. And here we have the genitive. The Son of Man, Jesus, of course, has the power on earth. He has the power of forgiving or dismissing sins. Notice peccata in the accusative because the gerund here takes an object. Now, the author could have used a gerundive phrase here. It would mean exactly the same thing. And just for practice sake, let's think about what uh, procedure would be to change this gerund into a gerundive phrase. We go to the gerund, which is dimitendi. It's in the genitive case. We would take the object of the gerund and put that in the genitive case. Pecata is plural, so we would have to put it in the plural genitive, pecatorum, 
And then we would make the gerundive, because it's an adjective, it's a participle, isn't it? It's an adjective, has to agree in number, gender, and case, so it ha would have to agree with peccatorum. It would be peccatorum dimitendorum. Both would mean exactly the same thing. The Son of Man has the power on earth of forgiving sins. He has the power of forgiving sins on earth, either way. But here we have a gerund with an object. Okay, Latin will do it both ways, gerund or gerunda phrase. Here a gerund. Let's go on. Tibidico, I say to you, surge, get up. Tole, take up your grabatum, your cot, at, at vade and come into your home. This is when Jesus heals the paralytic man. Um, so he says, rise, take up your cot, and come into the house. And of course, he does so. So, tibidico, I say to you, and then we have singular command, surge tole et vade, okay? So, that's number three. Let's take a look at number five. Illo die in nomine meo petetis, et non dico vobis quia ego rogabo patrum de vobis, ipse enem pater amat vos, quia vos me amastis et credidistis, Quia ego adeo exivi, exivi a patre et veni in mundum, iterum lerinquo mundum et varo ad patrem. Well, there's quite a, a few sentences there, actually. It's a, it's a whole passage, a couple, three verses from the Gospel of St. John. Um, pretty straightforward. On that day, in nomine meo, in my name, petetis, you will ask or seek, Et non dico vobis, and I do not say to you, quia that, ego rogabo patrum de vobis, that I will ask the Father day about or concerning you. Ipse enim pater, for the Father himself, there's that intensifier, ipse, the very Father that we know, that very Father, the Father himself, amat vos, loves you. Quia, because vos me amastis because you loved me et credidistis and believed quia, that, ego adeo exivi, that I have come forth adeo from God. Exivi, I have come forth a patre, from the Father, et veni in mundum, and I came in mundum, into the world, iterum, again, relinquo, I leave mundum, the world, at vado, and I go ad patrum, to the Father. So that's long and several clauses and sentences, but it reads off almost like English, doesn't it? Very straightforward. The one thing that might have thrown you is the word amastis. Take a look at that. Now, I think you'll recognize that it comes from amo, but you may have forgotten this so-called syncopated form of the perfect tense. You remember, we form your perfect tense by going to the third principal part of the verb, right? Amo, amare, amavi. And to that you add the endings, e, isti, it, imus, istis, or erunt. Now here we have the ending, istis. But what happened to the v and the vi? Well, that's the so-called syncopated perfect. Any verb in any conjugation in the perfect tense can be syncopated or it can lose that V-E-V-I. 
and we call that a syncopated perfect. So here we just have amastis instead of amavistis, okay? That's called the syncopated perfect. Be aware of it in the perfect tense, um, and I don't think it'll be too hard to recognize. So here, you, uh, because, uh, he's, Jesus says, and I do not say to you, uh, or I'm sorry, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me. You loved me, right? So there you have it. Okay, good. Let's take a look at seven. Salvum fac te met ipsum descendens de cruce. Uh, this is from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus is hanging on the cross and people are taunting him. Somebody says this to him. Salvum fac temet ipsum. Save yourself. Make yourself safe. Fac salvum temet ipsum. There we have that um, very uh, intensive te. We have the te, you, the met on the end of it, which intensifies it, and then the ipsum attached to that, te met ipsum. So it's a very intensive. And we have, notice the verb fac. Remember our little ditty, duke, deke, fac, and fair should have had an e, but it's not there. We have those four verbs, duco, dico, faccio, and ferro, uh, normally, the third conjugation verbs form their singular imperative by adding, uh, uh, dropping the re off the infinitive and having an e there on the end. But in <clears throat> these four verbs, duke, deke, foc, and fair, they should have had an e, but it's not there. So we have foc solvum. Make yourself solvum, safe. It's an idiom <clears throat> that we will see many, many times in the, in the, uh, Gospels and also in the Psalms, save yourself, save me. Um, we say to God, um, you know, salvum me fac domine, save me, Lord. So here, here someone speaking directly to Jesus, save yourself, make yourself safe. Descendens de cruce. There you have a participle. Descendens is the nominative singular participle modifying the understood subject of the imperative fac, you, you, Jesus, you yourself, coming down de cruce from the cross, save yourself. So that's the taunt that is given to him as he hangs on the cross. Um, okay, I think that's clear. Let's go on to number nine. Prophetae ad sensum de illustrandum cecinerant. Oh, this is a good example of... Uh, Another one of our phrases that we've just learned. Notice the subject, prophete. We know what those are, the prophets. Cecinere. They have sung or they have prophesied. Ad sensum dei illustrandum. Here is the important gerund or gerundive phrase. Idiomatically using the word ad plus the accusative to show purpose. Remember that idiom. Odd plus the gerund or gerundive to show purpose. So the prophets prophesied in order to illustrate the sense or the mind of God. Odd sensum illustrandum dei. Odd illustrandum in order to illustrate, to bring to light the sensum dei. Now this, uh, we say, well, is this a gerund or gerundive? Actually, uh, you can't tell. It's most likely a gerundum, but you can't really tell because sensum would be in the same case 
uh, because of the accusative and its singular illustrandum, uh, the U.M. ending would be in the accusative singular. So it would look the same either way. The important thing is, in order to illustrate the sensum dei, the prophets have prophesied or have sung out. So there you have that idiom, odd plus the gerund or gerundive, to show purpose. Very important. Okay, number 11. Very homo hic filius dei erat. This is pretty straightforward. Truly, homo hic, this man, filius dei erat was the filius day, was the son of God. Here we have a uh, verb to be erat, and it's a linking verb, isn't it? So we have a predicate nominative, filius dei, the son of God. This man was, like equal sign, was the son of God. That's why homo is in the, uh, in the nominative, and filius is in the nominative, because erat is an equal sign. Truly this man was the son of God. This is uttered after uh, and again, at Jesus's uh, crucifixion. Okay, uh, let's take a look at thirteen. Pauci, it est octo anime salve facte sunt per aquam. Well, here we have that same idiom, salve facte uh, sunt, salve facte sunt. But the subject here, um, Pauci, a few, it est octo anime. That is, notice it est. That's the Latin word for our abbreviation. I.e., it is, that is, it's, an, it's a way of explaining. A few people, i.e., that is, eight souls, salve facte sunt per aquam, were made safe or were saved per aquam, through the water, uh, through means of water, through the water. What's this talking about? Well, that's uh, from the letter of Peter, and uh, he's, he's talking there about Noah, isn't he? Um, only a few people survived the flood, those that were on the ark with Noah, his family. So, uh, octo anime, eight souls. Notice, salve facte sunt modifies anime, not the pauci. Pauci is a collective, a few people, but then he specifies literally eight souls or eight lives, and that's feminine, therefore salve is feminine, and facte sunt has a feminine ending on it. They were made safe, they were saved, per aqua, through the water, by means of the water, through the flood. <clears throat> okay, that's 13. Let's take a look at 15. Ipsi imperium in secula seculorum amen. Okay, now this at first might throw you, there's no verb, is there? And uh, we see that ipsi, when we first see that, we might think, ah, plural, plural nominative, but there is no verb, and then we see the imperium, and we have to think, well, if there's no verb, probably the verb to be is dropped out. So we have power forever and ever in secula seculorum amen. Power ipsi. Most uh, Then we can revise our thought and say, well, that can't be nominative because we'd need a, uh, something plural or something verb uh, that would be plural or some sort of thing. No, it's the date of singular to that very one, to that guy, that entity, we're talking about God, of course, to that very one, may there be or there is power forever and ever, amen. Um, probably the subjunctive sit has fallen out. May there be power or may power be or power is to that one, that, that very one, forever and ever, amen. Remember, ipsy here is that irregular dative 
It's like the dative of ile ila ilud. We have ipse, ipsa, ipsum, then we have ipsius, 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 and then the dative ipsi, ipsi, ipsi. So here we have the dative, the dative of possession or dative of reference, power and reference or to that one or that one has power forever and ever. Amen. That's pretty straightforward. Okay, how about number 17? Here's one that we all know. Spiritus quidem promptus caro vero infirma. No verb again, but uh, we supply the verb to be most commonly. The spirit indeed is willing or ready, caro vero, but the flesh, infirma, is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Um, this is, of course, Jesus speaking uh, basically to himself because this scene happens, remember, in the garden where Jesus asks the apostles to watch and pray with him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Then he goes forward a little bit and prays by himself, and he comes back and sees the apostles. What are they doing? Sleeping. And he wakes them up and says, you know, watch and pray with me. And then he goes and prays again, comes back, and they're falling asleep. And then finally he says, well, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. <clears throat> and then he says, let's get up and go because... My betrayer is at hand. So that's from that famous uh, scene there in the garden. Okay, number 19. Propter quod rogo vos acipere cibum hocanum pro salute vestra est. Oh, this is from Acts. Um, this is when Paul is on the boat, the ship, and um, nearly 300 people are about to be shipwrecked. And he says, on account of, propter quod, on account of which thing, Rogo vos achipere chibum. I beg you to take food. I ask you achipere chibum to take food. Hoc enum for this is est pro salute vester on behalf of your safety, your health, your your safety. Uh, they remember they weren't eating on the boat, and Paul says, "Well, it's, you, you need to eat." So I, on account of which, I beg you to take food. For this is on behalf of or for your well-being, your salute. Here, I don't think he's talking about, he's not talking about eternal salvation in the way we talk about uh, salus, but he's talking about their physical safety and health. That's pretty, pretty clear. Um, okay, uh, let's take a look at number 21 from John's Gospel. Meus cibus est ut faciam voluntatem eus qui misit me et ut perficium opus eus. Okay, so this is Jesus talking again and he says, meus cibus est. This is my, my food is this, right? My food is ut, that faciam, that I do the voluntatum eus, the will of the one Qui misit me, who sent me, et, and, ut, that I perficiam, finish, perfect, bring to completion, opus eos, his work. Okay, so he's talking about the work of the Father, of course, the one who sent him. So my food is this, that I do the will of the one, eos, of him, that the one, that's genitive, is id, of, of eos, of him, who qui misit me, who sent me, and that I perficiam, I finish, finish up, perfect, bring to completion, 
opuseus, his work. Pretty straightforward. Uh, nice thing about the Latin in John's Gospel, as well as, of course, the Greek, it reads off fairly uh, straightforwardly and often with much uh, similarity to English word order. And uh, that sentence uh, is exemplary of that. Okay, let's take a look at uh, 23. Again, a quote from the Gospels, which is very well known. Multi enim sunt vocati, pauci vero electi. Many indeed are called pauci vero electi. Few are chosen, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. I think we all know that one. Uh, not much to uh, break down there or analyze. It's pretty straightforward. So let's go to 25. Um, Et egressus est rursus ad mare, omnisque turba veniebat ad eum et docebat eos. Okay, so et egressus est from a gradior, the deponent verb, and he went forth again ad mare to the sea, right? Ad plus the accusative, toward the sea. Omnisque turba, take the que, it's enclitic, take it off in your mind and put it in front of the omnis, and the entire turba crowd. Veni Abat was coming Adam to him at Doce Bareos, and he was teaching them. Notice the nice use of the imperfect tenses in Veni Abat and Doce Bat. Remember, the imperfect tense is a past tense, but it's a tense that shows repeated action in past time. Uh, therefore, uh, the entire crowd was coming to him on a habitual basis. They were doing it time and time again, and he was teaching them time and time again from the Gospel of Mark. Okay, good. Um, let's take a look at 27. Deus autem spei repleat vos omni gaudio et pace incredendo. Okay, this is illustrative of uh, our lesson here. Let's take a look. Uh, now we see Deus, he has to be the subject, he's in the nominative singular, and the verb comes right away, repleat, um, and we see that that aot, that's the subjunctive ending. So we have a, a wish or a just of subjunctive. The God, however, the God spei of hope, that may the God of hope fill you. Repleo means to fill you. Pleo means to fill. Repleo to fill again. May the God of hope fill you, vos, all of you. Omni gaudio. Notice ablative. May he fill you with, right? or by means of, or with, all joy at pace and peace. And how may you do, in credendo, in believing. Now, uh, Collins has again, I think, truncated this sentence a little bit from the original. Um, but what he, what he does include here is this ger gerund phrase, in credendo, in the act of believing, in other words, in your faith, in in your belief, in believing. Notice, that is a verbal noun. It's made into a gerund from credo, credendo. In believing, in your believing, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. The important thing there is the, the illustration of how the gerund works. In takes the ablative, therefore the gerund ending is O, credendo. Remember, the gerund only has the four oblique cases, genitive, dative, accusative, and ablative, of the neuter singular. 
of what looks like the future passive participle. The gerundive has all those forms. So this is a simple gerund in believing, in the act of believing. May the God of hope fill you all, vos plural, with every joy and peace, with all joy and peace. Nice, uh, nice sentence. Okay, um, and 29. Et unus ex illis non cadet super terram sine patre vestra. Oh, this is the passage from Matthew. I think you'll recognize it. And one from those, non cadet, will not fall super terram upon the earth sine patre vestra, without your father. Um, this is the, when Jesus is talking to uh, the people, and he says, don't worry about earthly things, what you're going to wear, what you're going to do, what you're going to eat, because not one of them, he's talking what? About the sparrows, the little birds. Not one of them will fall upon the earth without your father, meaning without God knowing it. So you shouldn't be concerned if God has that much concern about one little sparrow. Um, yes, from Matthew 10. Okay, that's a pretty straightforward one. On 31, look, we have another, uh, another beatitude. We call them beatitudes from the Latin, beatus. Um, yes, and we have the word beati starting again. Um, beati mundo corde, quoniam ipsi deum videbunt. Okay, so now look, beati, blessed, but then we have mundo corde. What uh, case is mundo corde? Well, it's not nominative, as you would expect to be modifying the blessed ones, but it's describing the blessed. Blessed are they in the, with the characteristic of a clean heart. Blessed are those, who, remember this is an ablative of characteristic, uh, it's an ablative of description. It's, it, it, it are, those are the ones with the clean heart. Blessed with those with the clean heart, with a clean heart. We say blessed are the clean of heart. When we memorized our, our Beatitudes, we, we just memorized them with that formula. Blessed are the clean of heart. But notice the Latin says blessed are those who are characterized or uh, who are described uh, with, in the ablative, a clean heart. For or since quoniam, they themselves ipsi videbunt dem will see God. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they shall see God. That's how we memorize it, but you can see how the Latin says it in the Vulgate. Since they themselves will see God. Very good. I think that's understandable. How about number thirty-three uh, from the eighth chapter of John? Neque me shitis. Neque patromeum, si me shiretis forsitan et patromeum shiretis. Ah, it's a very good sentence because it's illustrative of uh, our new kind of condition that we learned in this unit. Um, Jesus says, you know neither me nor my father. Neque me, neque patromeum. Shitis, you know. You know neither me nor my father. Now we have the condition. Si me shiretis, notice shiretis, and then in the apodosis, another shiretis. What mood and tense? Imperfect subjunctive. Remember the formula for an imperfect or for 
a contrary to fact present time condition or a contrafactual present time condition is an imperfect subjunctive verb in both clauses. So we have si me shiretis, if you knew me, but you don't, understood, contrary to fact, if you knew me, if you were knowing me, if you knew me, perhaps even you would know my father. You perhaps ate at for ATM, even you would know my father, or you would also perhaps know my father. Shiretis in both clauses, both imperfect subjunctives, therefore a contrary to fact present time condition. If you knew me, you would perhaps know also my father, but you don't know me. Okay, that's what's understood in a contrary to fact. Okay, number 35, again a uh, uh, short uh, quotation from the Gospels, one that you all know, vos estis lux mundi, you are the lux mundi. Notice lux mundi is a predicate nominative again, um, you equal sign lux mundi, you are the light of the world. Um, pretty straightforward, I don't think we need to, uh, need to tarry on that one. So let's take a look at 37. Errant enim qui veniebant et redibant multi et nec manducandi spatium habebant. Ah, this is a good one because it's going to illustrate um, something that we've learned again in this unit. There were those, for indeed there were those who, there were people who, qui veniebat, were coming at redibat, and many were re returning. And they had, they were having, nec habebat, spatium mandrukande. They were not having a space or an interval of eating, of eating. So th this is a passage where Mark's describing uh, during Jesus' public ministry. Um, people were coming and going, you know, listening to him preach and do all the things he was doing, healing and so forth. And there was no space or time for eating even. So they, there were those who were coming, qui veni ebat, notice the imperfect tense again, et re dibat, and many were returning, multi re dibat. At neck, and they and they were not having neck habebat. There's this. There's the next verb. They were not having a spatium, an interval, a space, mandukandi of eating. Now, what is mandukandi? I hope you recognized it. It's a gerund again, a verbal noun from the verb manduko mandukare. We form it by adding the endus ending in the four oblique cases, andi, mandukandi, mandi, mandukando, mandikando, mandikando, right? And there are only those four cases as a gerund. So there's, they did not have a space or an interval of eating, or for eating, right? Of eating. It's in the genitive. It's dependent on spatium. Notice, eat is the verb. Eating becomes the noun, the verbal noun, a gerund. So a nice illustration of a gerund, right? There, very good. Um, and we didn't do 38, but uh, there's another good example, right following on the last one, of another gerund. Notice, confestum igitur misiate. Immediately, confestum, therefore, I sent 
misi ate to you, et tu, and you, bene ficisti, you did bene, you did well, veniendo, from venio venire, to come. Again, notice the ending, it's a gerund ending in the ablative, you did well by coming, or in your coming. So I sent for you, I sent to you, and you in turn did well, veni endo, by coming. Um, that's a good example of a verbal noun um, coming. We make it a verb, we make it a noun out of a verb, and in Latin, we do that by adding that gerund ending, and there it is in the ablative case. So that's a very nice example, those last two give you good practice on gerunds. Okay, number 39. Ipsi audivimus et shimus quia hic est vere salvator mundi. Again, um, uh, we have the ipsi there starting the sentence, and notice that must be in the nominative plural, intensifying the subject which is contained in the verbs Audivimus and shimus, the M-U-S ending, means it's the first person plural. We, we, we heard and we knew, we know, we ourselves, ipsi, we, those very people we're talking about, the intensified subject, we ourselves have heard and know that this one is truly Salvator Muni, the savior of the world. Yes. So the ipsi there intensifies the subject contained in the verbs, we. All right. Uh, how about 41? Diliges proximum tuum sequit te ipsum. Okay, here, this is a nice little sentence, and again, we know it from Scripture. Diliges, from diligo. You will love, you will esteem. Notice it's the future, diligo, diligere. It's the third conjugation, therefore E is the sign of the future. You will love your neighbor, sequit, te, as yourself. And notice it's not just te, it's te ipsum. So it's that intensified form, the pronoun te, tacked on an ipsum. Could have even said temet ipsum, but uh, didn't here. Uh, and this is, of course, uh, part of the great commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Notice um, uh, the verb is in the future, giving a polite command, right? We, we do this in English, don't we? Um, I remember uh, when the kids were young, I'd say this something like, um, now you will do your chores today, right? You will do them. Uh, that's a polite way of giving a command. So you will love your neighbor as yourself. All right, good. Um, notice, uh, let's take a look at number 43. Um, from one of the offertory prayers, I think, of the Mass. Per huius aque et vini, mysterium eos efficiamur divinitatus consortes. So we see per. As soon as we see per, start reading your road signs in Latin. As soon as you see per, you, you need to think about an accusative object. And since huius aque et vini is not an accusative, we keep going and we say, ah, oh, mysterium. Okay, so through the mystery of this water and wine, eus efficiamur divinitatis consortes. Efficiamur, notice, the I-A 
we hear a liar friar from a ficio, right? A ficio. That is the subjunctive. Therefore, through the mystery of this water and wine, may we become. It's a, it's a wish, isn't it? Uh, it's a uh, subjunctive wish. May we become consortes, uh, consorts or uh, companions, um, partakers, fellow partakers of divinitatis es, of his divinity. Yes, this is, of course, the prayer that the priest says when he pours a little bit of water in the chalice with the wine and he offers it at the offertory before it becomes the consecrated blood at the consecration. He says, through the mystery of this water and wine, may we become participants or partakers of divinitatis eus, his divinity, eus, even separated from divinitatis, but must go with it, his divinity, um, meaning the divinity of Jesus, uh, whose body and blood we will later consume at the Holy Communion. Very good. That's a, that's a nice sentence. And how about uh, our final one? Number 45. Simul atque octoginta milites in civitatem inierunt mulieres de criminibus eorum exclama verunt. Okay, uh, so similatque, same as simul or simulac, as soon as, simul, at the same time as, as soon as octoginta milites, 80 soldiers, the 80 soldiers, inierunt, came in civitatem into the city, mulieres, the women, de criminibus eorum, about their crimes or charges, exclamaverent, shouted out or exclaimed. So as soon as the 80 soldiers entered into the city, the women cried out about their crimes. Okay, uh, pretty straightforward sentence. Um, and uh, the word there, simulatque or simulacque or simulac or simul, basically all meaning the same thing as soon as, the same time as. We get the word simultaneous from Simul, don't we? Good. Well, that completes our practice sentences, um, our exercises. If you need more practice, you can go back, certainly, and do the even ones. Um, I think that uh, they have illustrated, the ones that we've done have illustrated very well the uses of the gerund and gerundive, and even a couple contrary to fact conditions. Now let's take a look, finally, at our reading. Uh, I wanted you to do the preface for the Nativity. Um, <clears throat> and this, this uh, is, uh, as it says, the preface for, for uh, Christmas. Um, one of the nice things about the uh, Latin Novus Ordo Mass um, is that there, are, there were uh, composed a number of prefaces for <clears throat> each liturgical season. And many of them are beautifully done, uh, almost like poetry. Um, and um, someday I might even like to teach a course just concentrating on the translation of uh, all of those prefaces. Here's the one from the Nativity. And it starts out, all prefaces are uh, somewhat formulaic in both their beginning and in their endings. But the middle part, uh, changes according to what Sunday or feast is being celebrated. So here we have the um, traditional beginning. Vere dignum et justum es equum et salutare nos tibi semper et ubique gratias agere. Domine sancte, pater omnipotens eterne deus. That starts out almost every preface, and you know it by heart 
from uh, saying it in English, even if you have not said it much in Latin. It is truly uh, worthy and just, uh, right and salvific or solitary, um, right? Vere dignum et justum est, equum et salutare, all those. It is dignum, justum, equum et salutare. And then, nos tibi semper et ubique gratias agere. For us, always and everywhere, semper et ubique, here's our verb, gratias agere, to give thanks back to tibi, to you. Notice the idiom, gratias agere, to give thanks, plus the dative, we thank someone in the dative. So it's right and fitting and just and salvific for us, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, tibi. And then we address you in the vocative. Domine Sancte, Holy Lord, Pater Omnipotens, Father Almighty, Eterne Deus, Eternal God. Three, um, three appellations or three vocatives, each with an adjective. Domine Sancte, Pater Omnipotens, Eterne Deus. Those are in the vocative, right? And here's the reason why. Quia, because per incarnati verbum mysterium, Per plus the accusative, through the mystery of the incarnate word, the word made flesh. Caro in Latin, flesh, incarno, incarnatus, is the enfleshed one, right? The one in flesh, the incarnate, the one put into flesh. So it's the word made flesh. Who, because through the mystery of the incarnate word, okay, Nova mentis nostre oculis lux tue claritatis infulsit. So we have nova standing there in the nominative by itself, but then we don't have a noun with it yet. Mentis nostre oculis lux. There's the noun. Tue claritatis infulsit. So that through the mystery of the incarnate word, a new light, the new light, nova lux, Tue claritatis, of your clarity, infulsit. You see the word down there in the footnote, infulgeo, means to shine upon, and it's with the dative. So the, 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 a, the new light of your clarity has shone upon what? Oculis mentis nostre. It has shone upon the eyes of our mind. That's a very poetic way of speaking, and these, these uh, prefaces are often quite poetic. So the new light of God's clarity has shone upon the eyes of our mind. Oculis in the dative, nostre mentis in the genitive, right? But with the result that, here comes, here comes an ut clause, that dum visibiliter deum conoscimus, while we know or recognize visibly God. Don't forget, this is the nativity. So we're seeing Jesus born incarnate, God incarnate, as man and God, as a little baby. So while we visibly recognize or know, come to know God visibly, Per hunc in invisibilium amorum rapiamor. There's the verb rapiamor of the ut. So that we might be seized or carried or taken up. Per hunc, through this one, 
into an invisibilium amor, into an invisible love. And it's the invisible love of God in heaven and so forth. So that while we recognize or acknowledge or see or know God visibly, while we recognize God visibly as born on earth, we may be taken up through this one into an invisible love. That's very nice. And then we have the formulaic ending. We have a couple formulaic endings of prefaces. This is the most common. Et idio, and therefore, cum angelis et archangelis, cum tronis et dominationibus. These are several of the uh, uh, nine orders of angels. With the angels and archangels, cum tronis et dominationibus, dominationibus, I'm sorry, Domini, dominationibus. <clears throat> so it's with the angels and archangels, with the thrones and dominations or dominions, cumque omni militia celestis exercitus, with, and with the entire militia or soldiery of the heavenly host or army, exercitus is fourth declension word, exercitus, exercitus, means army, so that's the celestis exercitus is in the genitive, dependent on omni militia, with the uh, militia of the celestial army. Hymnum gloriae tue canimus, we sing a hymn of your glory or to your glory, sine fine, without end, dicentes, we dicentes saying, sanctus, 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 holy, holy, holy. Listen to that. In Latin, it's, it's just quite beautiful. The sounds, the assonance and, uh, uh, of, the, of the vowel sounds and the, uh, the uh, similarity of endings, it's called homoioteluton in, in Greek, et idio cum angelis et archangelis, cum tronis et dominationibus, cum quae omni militia celestis exercitus, hymnum gloriae tue canimus sine fine dicentes. Uh, the, the rhythm, um, the poetic devices there, uh, the sounds of the uh, vowels and the consonants, uh, a building of, uh, of, the, of the period. It, it's quite dramatic and beautiful. Uh, these prefaces are wonderful. So I hope uh, you enjoyed reading that. Um, for further practice, you can go on and read the uh, little bit of the, the John's first chapter, a verbum caro factum est, and the word became caro, flesh, at habitavi in nobis, and dwelt among us, at vidimus gloriam est, and we saw his glory, the glory quasi unigenitio patri, as if the glory, as if from the Father, as if of the only begotten one from the Father, plenum gratiae ad veritatis, full of grace and truth, yes, very good. Well, that does, our, uh, that, that, that does it for our exercises for Unit 24. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that you are uh, understanding these points of grammar, particularly the gerunds and gerundus and the, and the uh, contrary to fact conditions. Um, if you need more practice, as I said, you can go back and do <clears throat> the even-numbered sentences. And um, you can always review and study your vocabulary. So that uh, will conclude this lesson. Uh, you can expect a new lesson coming up next time. Uh, and until then, uh, happy studying, good, good luck uh, in your work in Latin, 
Uh, and um, we'll talk to you next time. Have a great day. God bless. Bye-bye.